and Pastor Pastor Jim let me know that y'all normally keep these things to an hour and a half, two hours. Well, I could surely they got some around here I could I could scratch together. Hey, hey, real quick, if you would, uh, I, I would like us to pray together, but I would like us to do it just quietly where you're at. So first, I would just like you to 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 ask that you would pray that that God would reveal Himself to us to 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 the to those of us in this room today through the reading of His Word and the studying of it. I just I just pray that uh, I would just ask you to pray that 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 our that His Word would find good soil in our hearts this morning. And I'd also like to ask you just quietly right where you're at, I'd ask you to pray for me that, uh, that I would be useful, that, that God would make me beneficial to you. Thank you, Jesus, and in your name we pray all these things. Amen. Get my, get my notes up and running here. There we go. My name is Jason Cullison. Uh, I'm the youth pastor at First Baptist Church in Kingsland. I've been a I've been a friend of your pastor Jim Corsi for for about five years now, and he is one of the one of the people that God has really used in my life as a as a, as a spiritual mentor that that I that I was able to make a connection with him when I started out in ministry about about five years ago. And, and he was and he was very open with me and helped me and we developed a friendship. So I'm honored to be here today. I'm, I'm honored that he would call and, and ask me to, to come and talk today. And, and I know that I know I know his heart for this church and, and I know how important you guys are to him. So again, I'm just I'm just so honored uh, that Pastor Jim would ask me to be here. And, and also I'm thankful I'm thankful that everybody here would show up this morning uh, to hear to hear what I have to say. So thank you all for having me. And when you see Pastor Jim, uh, tell him I said thank you also. Um, uh, a little bit about myself, just so I don't seem like a stranger up here. I'm I'm uh, I'm married. Uh, my wife Leslie and I have four children. We have the oldest three are girls. We have twins that are eight, and then we have a five-year-old daughter, and then we finally had a boy, Stephen. He's three. So uh, my my life is uh, is is usually busy with my own kids, and then I, and then I also do do youth ministry. So uh, just, just to give you a background of who I am and kind of where I'm coming from, I hail all the way from Kingsland, Texas, like I said. That's, that's over in Llano County, for those of you that don't own a, a globe. But uh, real quick, uh, let's get, I, I was going to bring a message uh, from, from the book of Acts. And, uh, and, and uh, like I said, I've spent a lot of time with your pastor, so I... I, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with his doctrine and his theology, and, and I know that this is a. I know, I know that Pastor Pastor Jim would, would approve of this book, and I, I know his. Uh, I, I know a lot a lot of his feelings on on some of the things we speak about, and I also know the. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. One of the things that I that I that I adopted from Jim uh, when I started in the ministry is he used to have this saying when he did youth ministry. His kind of his kind of ABCs were pray, read, go. Is is kind of the you know the 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 building block foundational things to to doing his ministry with his youth group, 
and and I adapted that, and, and well, I wouldn't say I adapted it; I just stole it. But uh, but but uh, I I really like that concept, and I and I know and and I know your pastor, and, and I know your church, uh, Mark, and and some of the some of the faces in this room, Jared, are familiar to me. Some of you I don't know, but uh, but I've I've been a friend. I was good friends with Jim uh, when when he when when y'all planted this church here. So I know that inside this church's DNA, that that a lot of those ideas still exist. And I want to want to the the prayer and the and the reading of God's word are, are certainly important. I, I think of them like a, you know, for spiritual life. I think of those two things like breathing air and drinking water. They're they're things that constantly need to be done and, and they're needed so that we, so that we'd have life. But the the third one, the go, uh, to me and, and the way I learned it from Pastor Jim was is to, is to be missional. And, uh, and, and when, when I say be missional, I don't mean that every one of us in here needs to run out the door, jump on an airplane, and fly to the other side of the globe and start telling people that we don't speak their language about Jesus. It's, there, there's more to it than that, and, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, when, when Pastor Jim asked me to preach, I, I, knew, I knew immediately, I, I knew what this church was about, and I've, and I've seen some of the outreach that Jim's done, and, and you guys have done with him over the, over the last few years. And I knew that I was going to come here and talk about missions today. I mean, I feel like God gave me that immediately, man. Go talk, go to that church and talk about missions and talk to him about being missional and how important that is and, and unpack it a little bit. So the, the scripture that I'm going to read today that, that we're going to kind of unpack a little bit is in Acts chapter 1, and it's verse, verse 6 through 9. If you have a Bible, that's Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. And I'll just give everybody a minute to try to... Get there, get there. Hey, and would would you guys mind? Uh, I know that we uh, we're good at standing up when we sing and do things like that. But when we read God's, when, when we just read this part of God's word, y'all mind standing for the reading of God's word? And I don't know. I don't know what versions everybody reads, but I read NLT just because it reads the closest to the way I talk. So I'll be reading a New Living Translation. But I'm I'm going to go ahead and read this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, "Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom?" He replied, "The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know." But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. Thank you all. Y'all can be seated now. So just just to give you the backstory of it here, uh, this is... This is this is the end of that period of the forty day period where Jesus has has risen from the dead. He's back from the dead and he's spending some time, some of his time with the apostles. There, like the word says, there's been many witnesses that have seen him. But if you can remember, if you can imagine for a minute how this went down for these guys, they were with Jesus in these three years of ministry. So they saw this this super high peak culmination of of the Lord's ministry, and then they just witnessed it all come crashing back down. They were you know they they can't the after the triumphant entry that kind of peaked there, and then the and then the Passion Week, as as we all know it, you know this thing just gets worse and worse for them to the point where Jesus died. Now he's resurrected, but still being a Christ follower at this time 
is not this wildly popular thing. I think they say there's like 800 million Christians on planet Earth right now, but this is a small, small group at this time. Most of, most of the people that we're following had scattered at this point, and, and we're down to a really small number in this big city of Jerusalem. These guys, these guys on the field, if there's a scoreboard, they are not winning. It, it, is, it is not looking good for them to the point where you know, Peter has denied Jesus on, on the, night, the, night of the, the night that he was arrested. So these guys are sort of being treated criminally. And it, it, they're being, uh, I, would, I don't know to what extent they're being persecuted, but they've, they've, gone to a, they've gone to a really low point. And even though Jesus has risen from the dead and they know it, they don't know what's going to happen. So, th- so they're, asking the, they're asking this question to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, when are you going to set this thing straight? When are we going to... When are we? When are we going to come out of this thing? Okay. When? When is everything going to be all right again? When's your kingdom going to be here? And man, I just I think about our world today and the in the culture that we that we live in in the United States. And I think most most of us in this room, if we you know if we took a quick survey in here and said, hey, as far as culturally, United States of America, who thinks this thing's going downhill? I think we I think most of us would say, yeah, man, there's some serious moral decay going on. <laughs> And I think some of you in this room are older than me, and I think y'all 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 can probably know that it's been coming for long for maybe longer than I've realized it, just because of the age difference. But I think one of the one of the shocking things for me, and when I think about these disciples, is how quickly that that that's happening. You know, because it seems to me like we used to say things like, well, you know, it's not it's, the things aren't the way they used to be, and we would harken back to this time that was maybe ten or twenty years in the past. But but I think sitting right here now, summer of 2016, that it's happening even more rapidly than than we had imagined. Maybe even a year ago, we don't. Even, you know, we, I'm not saying we don't live in this. I'm not even saying, hey, we don't live in the same world as we did back at the turn of the century. I'm saying, in 2016, we don't even live in the same United States of America as we did in 2015. It's it's it is the 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 snowball is gaining momentum and rolling downhill quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, it, the, last summer our our uh, our government passed legislation, you know, to rec- to recognize same sex union, and so in in uh, more and more, you know, just just this year, uh, we 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 just saw legislation this summer, you know, strengthening our abortion laws, making you know making it easier. For, for women in our country to to abort to abort life, and I'm I'm not here to get on a political rant, but I'm saying the the moral decay seems to be happening quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker to the point where we're not saying, oh man, things are way worse than they were 20 years ago. Now we're now when we look at it objectively, we're saying, man, it's crazy that this stuff's happened in the last year. And our, and our our world seems to be in turmoil. I, I was uh, studying a couple weeks ago the Olivet Discourse that, that Jesus gave. I was, I was reading the book of Mark. And, and you look at all these things going on in our world, the, the unrest in the Middle East, the, you know, the, the, the warring going on there, natural natural disasters. Uh, I saw this 7.7 magnitude earthquake Marinara Islands, 100 miles deep in the earth earlier this week. And we, we see stuff like that and we think, and and uh, I think yesterday about the you know the tragedy that we that we heard about that happened in Lockhart, Texas yesterday. You know, hot hot air balloon hits a power line and 16 people lost their lives. But these these terrible things that keep happening, we it seems like we're seeing them. And and our natural instinct is to 
well, probably our first natural instinct is to worry and, and be afraid. But, but, but if you're, even as believers, it seems like, I, and I catch myself doing this, just, just like the disciples were, God, when are you going to put an end to all this? Asking the Lord, man, when is this going to be over? Can, can we please get out of here? Um, and, and, and in the United States, the other, the other thing that we're seeing is, is, this shifting, is this shifting away from, from Christianity to these other world religions and then, the, and then these flat-out ideas that there just is no God. I was reading some of the Pew, Pew Research has some really good numbers out there. And if you look back in 19, 1910, so go back about 100 years, you're looking at you know, 90 something, 93%, 95% of the world's Christian population lived in either Western Europe or the United States. So, so we were like the pinnacle of that here in the United States. Like we were the most Christian nation that existed on the planet Earth of as, as recently as 100 years ago. And if you look at those numbers now, that, 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 that kind of center of Christianity is not here anymore where you would say, you know, Western Europe in the United States, y'all are the center of Christianity. That is, that is shifting, uh, and it's shifting drastically, just, just like this other thing is shifting. You're, you're, the, the places that the gospel's growing the fastest, Sub-Sahara Africa is, is, where, is where revival's breaking out. Uh, the, the Latin countries in South and Central America are, are experiencing revival to the degree here in the year. To, uh, is, 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 I was looking at numbers from 2010, so even more so now the way that they're heading. The United States, we're not the center of Christianity anymore. You're, you're more likely in a, in a Latin American country like Brazil or even Mexico to walk down the street and encounter a Christian than you are in the United States of America in 2016. So, so that thing's changing. So again, we ask these questions like the disciples did. What's going on here, God? When are you going to change this? When are, you know, we've, we've experienced some success. When are we going to start winning again? When is, when is this stuff going to be okay? And, and Jesus had taught on this before. We remember Luke chapter, chapter 12, verse 25. Jesus says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? We, we know that from God's word, but, but we still struggle with this just like the disciples do. And, uh, and I, y'all, y'all can tell I read the Pew stuff and, and I read different, different uh, research stuff. I'm kind of a statistics numbers guy. I can't, st- I can't say statistics very well, especially in front of an audience, but I, I love reading the numbers and stuff like that. And it's easy for me to get caught up in all that stuff. But man, the, the last couple of weeks, it, it seems like you know, God's revealed this thing to me, and it's, it's the simplest statistic that I know, and, and, God's, and God keeps laying this on my heart, that as far as numbers go, here's the important one. One in one dies, and that's it. Every, every human being that's, that's born on this earth, the, the one thing that, that we're all going to do is die. And, and that's, the, that's the only number that we need to be concerned with. And so Jesus goes on and, t- and, tells, these, and tells his disciples... You guys are going to go out and be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Sorry, I'm scrolling down in my notes here. He says, "You got you guys are going to you guys are going to bear witness." And and God says and Jesus says this as a, as, a, as a retort to this question of when is everything going to be okay again? And he says, you guys don't have to worry about that. God's got the number. 
And again, I, I struggle with this at the same time. I was reading through the book of Daniel a couple of, well, it's been maybe a month ago, and when you get to the end of the book, there's these, this crazy numbers thing, and of course, you know, Daniel's a prophet, but there's, you know, it talks about the tribulation, the end of times, and there's this discrepancy in numbers, and it talks about like the, the 1,290 days and the 1,335 days, and it gets really confusing, and I, and I was struggling with that, and I started praying about it, and I just felt, I just, I finally felt peace about it when I started praying about it, because I felt like God was telling me, the point is that there's a number. You don't have to understand, I don't have to understand the numbers. All I have to understand is that God is sovereign, that he has a number on it, that he's in control, and I don't have to worry about it. And that's back to that, that, that one in one thing. The only number I need to know is that one in one dies. And God's, God's in control of the rest, and, and I don't have to understand it. I've only got to trust him. Peter hadn't preached his, had, they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet at this point. And Peter hadn't preached his sermon, and, 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 they, and the score started turning around yet. But before all this happens, Jesus, Jesus tells them, you guys are going to get the Holy Spirit. And as a direct result of that, you're going to go out and preach the gospel all over the earth, starting here in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, all out, all the, all the way to the ends of the earth. The disciples are going to bear witness, and I, and I think that's a lesson for us here, here today. And, and I, there's a couple of things I want us to take away from that. When you, when you read that verse about uh, that you'll tell people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, I think, I think it's very important that as a, as a church and individuals that we remember to be systematic about, and, and intentional about sharing the gospel with people. When I... When I read that thing, Jerusalem, for us here in 2016, United States of America, here in Marble Falls, Texas, Jerusalem to us is the, is the city of Marble Falls. And it's kind of the, the light that shines, that idea that the light that shines brightest shines brightest at home. So, you, so your, you know, your first ministry is going to be closest to yourself, those in your family and your community right here in Marble Falls, Texas. When Judea to me means like the Highland Lakes area or even you know, other, other parts of Texas. And then that, and then Samaria. I think of missions to the to the United States, sending out missionaries, to, and we see that all over our country too. And there's there's lost people right here in the United States, like we, we're seeing over and over again how how we're trending the other direction. And these places like Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, the, the far Pacific, Asia, the Philippines, places like that, the Far East, South America is where revival's breaking out. And and thank God, thank God that that our kind of spiritual forefathers. A century ago, sent missionaries to all those places, because I, it, it, the trend seems to be like we're coming to a place in time where we're losing touch of that here, and and hopefully, hopefully those countries where revival's breaking out in the in this century and the next will send missionaries back to the United States of America to, to share the gospel with lost people. So so thank thank you Lord for sending for sending those missionaries out. To, to all those corners of the world all those years ago because I, I, it looks to me like we're, we're approaching a, a time and a day where we're going to need that here in the United States for, for that to return. And for, for practical purposes here, for practical purposes here, I, I just wrote down four four ways to, su to support those missions. When And, and again, the... The, the local missions are very, very important. I, I, see, I see this church do it. Uh, I've, I've worked with Jim on a lot of projects uh, for, for the Highland Lakes area, some of them youth projects, 
Mark and him were real involved and in, in other members of this church. We all were very involved in the Help for Heroes event uh, that went on earlier this year. And, and man, y'all are doing it. Y'all are, y'all are, y'all are doing local missions when you, when you do that kind of thing. And I, I would just encourage you to keep that kind of stuff up. And again, we, you know, we talked about how that, how that, I think of it as like layers of an onion. I don't know if they're trying to get in here and eat or they just heard there was a great message going on down here. So, so just just a few just a few bullet points of uh, of, of how to support how to support missions. And uh, num- number one, send mi- send missionaries out of out of your church, in- including your pastor. In Acts, and keep keep reading in Acts chapter thirteen, verse two and three says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Obviously, Paul was a pretty talented guy. He wrote most of our, our New Testament. So this church in Antioch's got two all-stars, Barnabas and Paul. And what are they commanded to do by the Holy Spirit with these two guys? Send them out. They send them out. The best resources they have, the church is sending them out to lost people. And, and again, I'd like to commend this church for doing that. I think it's great. Uh, to hear that Jim is up in Terrell sharing a message today. I, I work at a I work at a church where the senior pastor is grew up in South Texas on the river ranching cattle, so he understands that he understands the, the, the Spanish language and that agricultural kind of culture that they live in down there. And and I can tell you one of the biggest blessings to our church is that we're able to send him to places like Mexico and Peru, in in those kind of far reaches of South America where where he has where he has some experience with their culture. And he speaks the language, and, and it's a great resource, and it's a, and it's a blessing to us to be able to send him out. So I would I would encourage you, uh, w- whether Jim or or some of your other guys or ladies, I'm not discluding you either. The the people in your church, the people in your church that God's given these different giftings to, send them out, send send them out and share the gospel. Whether it's here in Marble Falls. Uh, we, we know that the people need help going on mission trips financially and, and prayerfully and it, all, all different ways to support. But, and, and we'll get into the finance thing here in a minute, but send your, send your people out. Pe- your, the people you have in this church right here are, 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 your, are one of your greatest resources. And, a lot, and a, lot, a lot of times more so than money you can give. Send your, send your best people to share with lost people. Luke chapter 10 starts off saying, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead and perished all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Pray for missions and pray for missionaries and their families, whether, whether they're international or, or the groups going on right here. Uh, y'all, I told y'all I live in Kings, and obviously, if you know the demographic over there, there are there are a ton of retired people. And in the church, I in the church I serve at has a has a is is dominated by a population of senior citizens. And we we do work projects uh, in in the neighborhoods there in Kingsland, some of the rougher ones. We just got done doing a project in Granite Shoals all week, and I understand that if you know that if you're 85 years old and have had multiple surgeries, that you, that you can't go out there. And physically do do some of the mission work that's 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 going on out there in the field, but man, 
we all need prayer. When, when, we, when I take my kids on a mission trip, and we've got a short set of rules, and then, number one is come back changed, but number two is pray like your life depends on it because it does. And I can tell you that when I, I, I do, I've done several mission projects in the last five years. Uh, haven't been overseas yet, but done, done a lot of ministry work to the border region, a lot to, a lot to the Indian reservations in South Dakota. And, man, prayer works. I want to tell you as a church right now that prayer works, and one of the best ways you, you can support the mission is, is to pray for those people. And I, I get it. You know, so we, there are different circumstances. Some of us are on a fixed income. We, you know, we can't cut a check every month to the International Mission Board or whoever, and, and our bodies are, are failing us, and, we can, you know, we can't get out and, and uh, rebuild somebody's house for them. But, man, all of us can pray. We, we, can, we can pray for the work that God's doing right here in our community in our in our local area in our state and, and even abroad we can we can all pray so i would i would encourage you for the these uh these projects and, and i know and i know your pastor's a go-getter and i know i know that more projects are coming and i know that everybody in this room won't you know won't be able to give to those in the same way but but i would ask you to support those at, at all costs support those things through prayer all right the, the the third thing is to give and i won't and i won't touch on this a whole lot 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul writes, Now regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you how to do this. I'm not telling you how to do this individually in your house. I'm not telling you how to do it as a church. The, the advice that I would give is, is, as far as giving to missions is, be, be systematic and be disciplined about it. The, 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 what, what I take away from this passage is to, to, to be intentional about it and, and be disciplined. Whether, you know, I'm not saying there has to be a certain day of the week or you have to give a certain amount at a certain time. I'm just saying as, as, an, as an individual or as a family unit, have that, have, that talk with your, have that talk with each other about the discipline of giving. And a lot of churches, I understand a lot of churches do that differently. Some churches have a special missions offering. Some churches cut a portion of their budget and give that. And I don't know how, I don't know how Mosaic Church does that. And, and that part doesn't matter. The, the only, the, only, uh, the, only the, the biggest takeaway I would say from, from this portion is to, is to just make sure there's a system in place and, and that it's something that we're doing intentionally you know, we, we, we know that we know that we're that we're commanded to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We, we know the Great Commission. And I, and I would say the, the, the advice here is to do it systematically and, and do it intentionally. And again, I'm not trying to tell you how much to give or, or how you should work that or how to break it up or, or, or who's responsible for what parts of that. I'm just saying have the have the discipline to, to do that and it'll be a blessing to others. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. In other words, these other, for Paul to preach the gospel in, in Corinth, he used the resources given to him by, by churches in other places. And, 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 we know, and we know Paul's history with the church in Corinth. We know he loved that church. We know that many people were saved there. So, so remember that, that, giving, that giving to missions is, is effective. People are saved by it. The, the gospel is powerful. Last thing, be a missionary wherever you're called to be one. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, I am not, for I am not ashamed of the gospel about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. 
the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Straight up, Paul tells these people, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The, the gospel is the most powerful thing we have. And, and everybody in here, I mean, I, I can tell just by looking around the room, there's people from all age groups, all different walks of life, all different set of circumstances. But, but everybody that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, who's been affected by the gospel, can, can testify to the power of it. Everybody that's a believer can tell you that, that the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how significant that's been in their life and the change that it's made. And, and we're all called to share that. And, wh- and whether that's, a, and I know that not everybody's called to preach. Not, and like I said at the beginning, not everybody's called to jump on an airplane and fly all the way around the world. But we, but we need to actively be praying for those opportunities to share, to share Jesus Christ with others. In our, in our community, abroad, semi-locally, semi right here in the Highland Lakes area. God, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ wants us to share his gospel, and it has the power to change things. You know, are we, we read all kinds of different self-help books and things like that, but, but if you're in this room and you're a believer and some of you are nodding your head at me, the only thing that's going to make a difference in certain areas of your life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the, in the, the last verse there, Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And one of the, one of the reasons I felt like God laid this on my heart today was, man, this is the last thing Jesus says to these guys before he ascends into heaven. It's, it's the last audible words he's going to speak to this, to this group of guys before they, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit's going to come along and communicate to them. But, the, but Jesus, God the Son, the last thing he's going to say to these guys is, hey, go preach, go preach the gospel. Preach it right here. Take it to our neighbors. Take it on down the road from that to the ends of the earth. Go preach the gospel. I, t- I told y'all uh, when I started that, I, that I've got four children. And when I, when I get up in the morning and get dressed and, and go off to work, you know, I'll tell all my kids bye, but then I'll kind of gather them up last minute, and I'll have a list, and I'll usually check with my wife first to, get, to see what the list is. But I'll say, you know, okay, kids, here's what I want you to do today. You got to get the laundry done. You got to clean the bathrooms, and 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 I need y'all to do the dishes. But I give them a specific list of instructions, and I want those things done when I get home. Right? I don't I don't gather all the kids up and say, hey, if y'all get a chance, watch some TV today, jump on the trampoline, and just kind of run around and entertain yourself until I get back. Right? No, I've got a mission for them. I, I want I want them to have a purpose. I want them to be intentional with their life. And the last thing Jesus says to to his closest group of of friends and disciples, these people that he's been mentoring for the, for these last three years, he says, "Guys, you're going to get the Holy Spirit soon. As soon as as soon as the Holy Spirit shows up, and I and I chose intentionally not to teach about the Holy about that part today about the Pentecost because I I know your pastor, I know his doctrine, I know he hadn't skipped that one with you guys. But what once we have the Holy Spirit." The, the last thing Jesus commands the disciples to do is like, all right, guys, just chill there in the upper room until I get back, right? I got you all the Holy Spirit. Just, just bask in that, stay in the upper room, and enjoy it till I get back. Yes, yes, we're supposed to enjoy that. But he's telling them, guys, as soon as y'all get that thing, take it to your neighbor. Take it to the people in this city. Take it beyond that and take it out there. The, so it's the last thing Jesus said. So I want to I close with this. 
What's the, what's the last thing Jesus has told has, has you feel like Jesus has told you to do in your life through through prayer through the Holy Spirit? What, what do you what is the last thing Jesus has called you to do missionally for Him? And if you're not a believer and you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't I don't know how y'all do altar call or or how y'all do an, an invitation. But if if uh, I don't assume in a room this size that everybody's saved. If if this Jesus thing is foreign to you, I, I know Mark, I know Jared, I know Joy's back there. I would encourage you to, to go to one of those individuals for for prayer and in and any questions. And and also Pastor Jim when he gets back. And man, the other thing I always invite people to do is is uh and I feel like this has been this ministry's been growing in my life, is one of prayer. Man, if if, if you're hurting, if if uh if you have questions, if, if you're already a believer, but there but there's some other things that if, if you need healing. And it doesn't just have to be a, a physical healing. If there, if there's some things going on in your life that you need prayer for, man, I don't want to I don't want to miss this opportunity again. Uh, the the leadership of this church I know will be happy to to pray with you. If you'd like for me to pray for you or pray with you about something or just to agree with you in prayer, I don't know what that is. But if if that's something that I can do, please please let me know. And man, I'm uh, again I, I, the thing I wanted to close with is is missionally, what's the last thing Jesus told you to do? What's the, what's the, last, what's the last word you got from the Lord Jesus Christ on, on where to go and what to do? And it's, and it's okay if, if you really can't put your finger on that thing, but man, be praying for it. Ask, ask, ask the Lord to lay those things on your heart, and I, and I believe that he will. And uh, Joy, Joy told me Mark was going to come up here and pray. But before he does, I want to. I want to. I, I just want to say a blessing over this church again. I want to say thank you for letting me be here and speak. I've got to go to a reception for a pastor who's who's leaving our church. Uh, they're they're having a reception for him immediately after the church where I pastor. So I've got to be there for that. But I just want to. I just want to say this blessing over this church right here, and it's from Numbers chapter six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I'll ask Mark to come up here and pray. And thank you all, thank you all for having me so much. What a blessing. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now in prayer that the words that Jason gave to us today, that it will penetrate us like the water we put in our bodies every day. Lord, just be with us this week, that we will hold our heads high as Christians, even though the conflicts that's going on in the world today, that we see the light, we know who we answer to every day, and just bless the people around us, that they will see us shine and have the faith to know that they are with people that care. Lord, most heavenly, we ask that you forgive us of all of our sins and just help us in our travels this week. In your most heavenly, gracious name we pray, Father. Amen.